Hey everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to Lockstock and Two Smoke Controllers Podcast. to episode 75 of the podcast crazy to think we've gotten this far sometimes yeah i don't often think about it these higher numbers start start sounding kind of crazy uh if you've been keeping track of how we do if you're a long time listener you know what time it is on the podcast every 10 episodes every fifth of a how do you word this every time we have one ending in five every time we have one ending in five we uh, do what we call a Gamefly episode. This is obviously not sponsored by Gamefly. Gamefly does not care anything about us, but we like Gamefly a whole, whole bunch. This is uh, three games that uh, Gamefly saved us from purchasing. Normally, is what these episodes are about. It's a, Gamefly is a good resource for that. You rent something, and uh, it turns out you don't like it at all, and you send it back, and no harm, no foul through Gamefly. So we usually have three games um, that we talk about kind of rather quickly for this and then at the end of this episode uh since blake did a tv show last episode i'll have a band at the end of the episode but before we get into all that goodness i want to bang through the uh social media preamble internet presence thing that we don't ever name properly uh you can find us on all the common and normal social media stuff the twitter facebook instagram now discord and all that stuff, uh, and I guess Reddit. I don't have Reddit on my list because we don't ever hardly use it, but it's we're on there. We have a Patreon, of course. Patreons are just what everybody with a podcast has to help get their fans to support them. You know, it's just if you enjoy the work we put into the podcast, then you can throw us a few bucks and you can get the uh, podcast a week early. And I added in submitting a naming of an episode, which I think will be fun for somebody to do because we like we like giving our episodes ridiculously long names. We hope we will hope or wonder if that's funny to anybody besides me and Blake. But there it is. I have a Spotify playlist which I'll be adding to today. I can't always remember that if I even added the last song. I don't know. I'd have, I'd have to look. I'll probably look today after this is over with. But I'll be adding to that playlist today again. That playlist includes every song that I've played on the podcast. You can find that by searching our podcast name uh, on Spotify. And we'll, the podcast pops up along with the, the playlist is on there as well. Right about now, you should be hearing some sort of music bed under us. Uh, that'd be If you want to submit anything like that to be played on our podcast, you can do that uh, through our email. And I will take a listen. If I like it, I'll definitely play it on here and give you a shout out. The most fun we're having right now, with the pod, aside from the podcast itself, I guess, is our Twitch channel where I've been streaming what we're calling... Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Controllers presents Three Smoking Controllers Co-op Endeavors, another long, ridiculous name. That is me and Blake streaming uh, co-op games with our cousin Brian. We've been working our way through Dark Souls 3. That's actually almost coming 
coming to an end, I feel like we have a couple of bosses left of a DLC, and then we go back and beat the main game. So that's it, yeah. that really sounds close. like it's it. Now that doesn't sound like a lot, but these are some of the the hardest things we've we've dealt with. It seems like so come hang out and check you know watch us stumble around that for a bit. We had a couple of folks show up last time and actually engage, which was a lot a lot of fun. So if you guys uh, followed us followed to the podcast from that stream you know thanks thanks for dropping in and i hope we hope you enjoy this show as well uh, what else do we have oh we have a uh, the lock stock store yeah of course uh we have everything not everything you can think of maybe but we have a whole bunch of stuff on there we just slap our logo onto anything that that store will let us slap our logo onto so you can go there and that also supports the podcast as well and you can have a cool shirt with uh, some devious pixel art on it and that's pretty much what's all in there. Cross promotion. We have another podcast that releases opposite of this one, Action, the movie podcast. That one is Blake and our buddy Steve uh, deep diving into movies that they pick for each other to listen to. I just kind of produce that podcast and talk a little bit. I try not to talk too much on that one, but it's kind of hard not to talk and talk movies with the two guys. And of course, we'll keep promoting uh, Blake's short story he published on uh, Am- Amazon. If you just search They Come This Night, it pops up immediately in the Amazon store. You can get it. If you're a Kindle Unlimited subscriber, it's already in your library, apparently, or however that works. And if not, it's only 99 cents, I think. So, you know, support Blake. That'd be really appreciate that. And if you happen to buy it and read it, uh, this is the only thing only thing we ask for reviews for because it helps. It just helps the, what do you call it, the algorithms push this stuff up in the rankings of Horror, horror short stories and stuff like that so we really appreciate that links to everything that I've talked about in case you don't want to go searching for stuff all the links are in the show notes to each and every episode of the podcast you can just scroll down to the bottom scroll down through all everything everything's listed in the show notes and you'll see links to all this fun stuff we appreciate you getting involved in anything that we do and with that I think I'm done I don't think I missed anything I mean I have a list in my hand of things to say hopefully that's I got through it well enough. Sounds like we did. I think we covered everything. Yeah. And with that, we're going to get pass it over to Blake. He's going to start with the first of our three games. Again, these are games that neither one of us completed that we both kind of decided around the same time. Sometimes one of us plays a little further than the other, but we both decided that I don't want to play this game anymore. And we send it back to Gamefly and we'll discuss where and why. Hmm. Essentially. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, our first Gamefly game we'll be discussing today is called Scully. originally came out August 3rd, 2020, and it is developed by Finish Line Games. Kind of a cool thing, uh, this is one of those times where we've played a previous game on the podcast and hoped that we could play their next one, uh, and didn't enjoy their next one. Some of we talked about before? Mm-hmm. So they've made three games thus far, Cell Damage HD which is it's like a remake. A, yeah. yeah, they they did the port for that, the remake for that. 
Maze. Oh, this is the developer of Maze? Mm-hmm. Wow. I enjoyed Maze more than this. And Scully. Did, did we mention Scully back when we talked? Was, was Scully developed back when we... I don't think it was. Think so. It may have been like in, uh, in a project or something. We, we did Maze a long, long time ago. It's been a minute. That's cool. We could not tell that these two games are related by the same developer. Not necessarily, no. No. Real quick, uh, Finish Line Games. They've been around since 2013. They are a uh, Canadian-based developer running... Last time I looked at it, about 15 people. But, you know, it's been a minute since I, I looked, but that's about to say I think that was about the number. So, Scully follows a lot of the similar lines based off Maze and Cell Damage, from what I can tell. It's got some fairly beautifully rendered world. Mm -hmm. uh, has very funny v like voiceover. It's, voice it's all voiceover and pretty good, I might add. The comedy was there, however, the gameplay for Scully for me was almost an immediate turnoff. Yeah, this is a adventure platformer, basically, action adventure platformer, heavy on the platformer is uh, something I'm sure me and Blake have mentioned throughout any multiple podcasts. We just I just don't like platformer. I know platforming is a very popular genre, like Mario and. Banjo-Kazooie and whatever else I can't think of. Sonic, I guess. Uh, I hate platforming. I hate jumping and missing a jump and having to go back to the start and do it again and falling off and doing it. I, or I, instant I just, death. Or instant death, which Scully has a lot of instant death. I just don't like jumping and falling off of things. Some people love it, and it's a really popular genre, and I can't stand jumping and falling. I can't stand repeating myself over and over again in a, in a, in a video game like that and failing repeatedly, which led, led to the quitting of this particular game. Because um, basically, as well as being the action platformer, it is essentially old game, but it's the only reference I can think of is Marble Madness. Mm -hmm. Back on like the NES, I think, right? Mm, yeah, probably. I think it was the NES. NES or Super NES maybe had it. Well, Any, Marble Madness might have been on the NES. But. So essentially, you play as a reanimated skull brought back to life by the earth elemental and hopes that because his the, his siblings have gotten out of control which are air fire and water and with your help he hopes to bring them back into the fold and get them under control yeah it's a good opening it's a good i mean it's silly and it's fun and it's got a good you know kind of opening kind of serious and then i enjoyed it for say the first two levels and then there's a massive, absolutely massive difficulty spike on the third level, mm -hmm. which was just, it ramped up out of nowhere, and I was immediately hate-filled. <laughs> yeah, hate is in, I can hear him cussing from the other side of the house. I was like, and he played it first, I think, so I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> when I hear cussing from the other side of the house on a game I haven't played yet, I know I'm in for something interesting. Explain the the, the role because uh, the, the main because the whole point yeah. is you, like we said earlier it's marble madness mm -hmm. so you are a reanimated skull stuffed with special clay and you form a ball and so you just literally roll around but in order to like progress you have these half pipes I guess from like skateboarding they're little half pipes and if you roll off the edge oh yeah. cool you get to restart. I feel like it's something that in some games would somewhat be on rails. 
a little bit like like, it, like you would like hit it and like you would kind of like the game would kind of lock you onto it as you did like a loop de loop. I don't think you do any loop de loops, but as you do like a big curve or the loop de loops later, as you do a big curve, you think you would ha- the game would kind of take over at least a little. In most games, I feel like it would take over at least a little bit and kind of help you with the curve. This one, you just kind of like just fly off the side. Like it, 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 at the speeds you're going, it's really hard to control even what you're doing. If there was say a an option that was like bowling where you put up the barrier the barriers so you can't roll a gutter ball like and just Which doesn't help you doesn't help you and now i'm horrible i can still jump the uh the gutter but still uh, being able to play through with like a little protective barrier that protected you from falling off yeah it's like in, in a world where we talk world where we, t- we talk uh endlessly about accessibility features this game and this it was a game we would have enjoyed if it wasn't for the difficulty oh yeah which, I liked everything about the game besides but, the gameplay. But, but playing it, which is so bad. And even then, if I was going and like, especially in the, f- level three was abysmal. It made me hate the game. Which one was that? That was the, um, the, the tentacles and the water. The tentacles were a freaking nightmare. Well, it, it's wanting you to do these jumps and your guy, like your ball, he can't really sit, he can't sit still. You know when you're trying to do a you're trying to jump on a platform and jump on a platform and jump on a platform you can't jump and sit still like it, the ball won't sit still, you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. if you could jump and he would stop, you can like think about it and do your next jump. You could do it, but no, he wants it's always rolling on these tiny platforms and you're trying to look at you're trying to look ahead. You gotta try to look ahead at this jump that you can't if you fall in the water you die. There's tentacles whipping around and the tentacle hits you you die, and you're trying to like look at the jump, look at the tentacle. And manage your ball on the tiny platform because you can't you can't not manage it because it's rolling, it's it's constantly moving. So you have to like kind of adjust it, look forward, think about your jump, look at the tentacle, and then fall off the side. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. Let me try one more time. And then sometimes, as you get later into it, the platform you're standing on is moving, moving or sinking occasionally. Yeah, those li- the, the the lily pads. The lily pads. It's part of the same level. Yeah. I think I eventually got past that part and got to something worse. <laughs> yes. So the first two levels are deceptively easy. And then you get to the third one, which is that chaos, which I eventually managed to get through sh- through sheer hatred. And then the fourth and fifth levels were kind of fun. The fourth one after this was you kind of make it all the way to the boss. All that now. The reason there's all that nonsense because you're about to fight one of the water element, the the water element. So you, you, you played further than I did. I did, I don't think I might, I might have not got through the third level. I don't remember. And then she, she goes, "Ah, oh, you never beat me." Blah blah blah. And there's a you know cutscene, and then she slams her fist down or her staff down, and it creates a huge tidal wave, and you literally have to play through what you just played through in reverse. No, sands tentacles, no tentacles, but you're come. It's like the um. The Crash Bandicoot Boulder. Oh, you're, you're running away from her, and you got to jump on the platform. The you got to you jump all the crap you just jumped on with waves coming at you. Mm-hmm. It's a tidal wave that's oh. flying back towards see, you. I definitely, towards I, definitely, the I definitely didn't see that. And uh, see, now I semi enjoyed that. Like you could still fall off and die, but I don't know. The heightened sense of terror made me play better. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe maybe it was less stressful because they're wanting stupid freaking tentacles. The tentacles were, can't can't stress enough how hard they were to time. The t- timing on when they're whipping was, was seemed off, and also the range in which they could... Because sometimes you would make the jump, 
You would think it's only something that could whip you in the jump, but it could whip you from the, your your starter platform. If you're too far ahead, it could whip you. And if you make the jump and you haven't gone far enough, it'll whip you off your landing platform. Yeah, it was stupid. The it's range like, of which the tentacles swipe. Nightmare. And sometimes you're in a, a, a multi-jump situation with multiple tentacles. Uh, like, like there's just it's, it's relentless. The checkpoint system was both incredibly good and incredibly terrible. Sometimes you'd have literally a checkpoint in between, say, two jumps. But then other times, the checkpoint would be on the other side of 15. <laughs> and it, the, the, the placement didn't make any sense yeah. of why they would do that. The 15, if, say, there were a jump halfway through it, it wouldn't have been as stressful in that water level. But there's literally a part where in the water level, like your first seven jumps literally have a checkpoint in between each one because it's kind of a crazy thing. Mm-hmm. You have to like roll through a log, hit this platform, hit this lily pad, jump over a tentacle, and you're yeah. at a you know at a little island. Checkpoint on that island. Cool. Near the, I guess the halfway point, it's literally, I'm not kidding. It's 15 jumps. You have to roll through a roll through a log, and as you're flying through the air, you have four lily pads that are rotating around a, a frog. The frog's not dangerous, I don't think. And then you have to hit the platform, and then you have a set of these one, two, three, three of these rotating platforms of the four. And then on the third one, there is a series of them, I don't know how many, that are going through and under a waterfall. So you then have to jump over there, hit the waterfall, hit the legal pad underneath the waterfall, and then as the waterfall is rolling, of course, it's moving your thing, but you have to line up to a platform that has a, it literally goes lily pad, tentacle lily pad. So you have to jump from the lily pads before they fall through. And then once you make it over there, there is a rock you have to roll up and then hop from this rock over to two lily pads standing still in waterfalls with a tentacle in front of them that has a chance to hit you on the rock, on the lily pad, on the other lily pad, and on the landing platform you're trying to get to, which is another rock. So you managed to get through all of this. <laughs> is that burned into your memory? <laughs> yes, because I played it so many times. <laughs> God, I cannot imagine. And then after you make it through this rock, that it goes rock, lily pad, lily pad to the rock. And then you rock it off, and you have to use your one of your gripping abilities, which lets you stand kind of still, but only on a uh, completely vertical surface. So you have to roll, hit this wall, and then kind of jump, hold yourself still, jump, hold yourself still, and then make it to the top of this ledge. Now, once you're on the top of this ledge, there's like a secret off to the left. No one gives a crap. And then you have to roll yourself as fast as you possibly can, over this edge to hit a very thin oh, landing. Don't forget sometimes when you're rolling as fast as you can and the jump don't work right and you're trying to ramp and you need you need your momentum to make a jump and the momentum just doesn't carry into the jump. You just kind of roll off or you roll and fly half as far as you need to fly. There's yeah. always the mechanics just giving out too. And then you hit this uh, landing, this edge, this ledge that's literally the width of your ball. You now have two choices. And both three, three. Turn the game off. Yeah. <laughs> and understand this entire thing, not a single checkpoint yet. The checkpoint isn't until because one way leads to a secret, you have to make it back to where you're at. And the other way 
leads you to jump across several logs to a small landing over two tentacles to make it to the final landing. And there's your checkpoint. It was abysmal. You, you were, uh, I'll say you were more dedicated than I was. That's for sure. Cause I, uh, I don't remember exactly when I didn't get to the wave, the wave stuff. So I don't know if that's after the wave stuff or is that something that I even, something I even managed to do. Um, I, I kind of want to be done talking about it. <laughs> Getting mad thinking about it. Yeah. I, I played to chapter five. I beat chapter five was in chapter six, which only took me like three hours, but that was way too much rage. The game itself is kind of short. If you can make it through it, it's only 18 levels. 18 levels across seven different uh, biomes, ecosystems, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Eight, 18 levels of unadulterated rage. Yeah. Um, I'd even get to one of the slightly cool things. Is as we'll, the, we'll talk about the good stuff. It's not even good. It's just different. <laughs> is There is combat in the game, which is weird. Yeah. But as you're the skull, you can get the hit these little mud pits that, and you can change into three different forms. I only played the gold one, I feel like. Yeah, you have strong form, swift form, and vault form. Vault form allows you to jump across great distances, which I never got to. I managed to get the swift form before I quit. Hmm. I don't remember what it did. I think it let you run, which is which you I can't. Only, I only played the first one. And the big one, it lets you like hit things and break walls, create some shortcuts, and fight enemies. And that was it. I'm, the, the, the whole game sounded good. Looked pretty damn good, but I just hated playing it. Yeah, me too. I'm equipped before you. I was looking at my thing while you're I pulled up my TA for it while you were uh, looking while you're uh, somehow rattling off a series of jumps you memorized. I got two achievements in an hour of six minutes of play. I look at mine real quick. I didn't because um, I didn't do that. Yeah, of the twenty nine achievements available, I got. Five at three hours and nine minutes. Yeah. It has a TA of 3265. Yeah. And uh, without explaining the TA algorithm, that's really, really high and for uh, what should essentially be a kid, maybe should have be should have been targeted for a kid's game, maybe a kid to teenager game, maybe. Let's see here. Acor- according to TA, 727 people have played this game. Yeah, they were registered to TA, so yeah. that's you know it's a little wonky. And of those seven hundred and twenty-seven people, thirty-five have managed to complete the game in its entirety. Yeah, it's all achievements. So, oof. Yeah. So, so I didn't get swift form or vault form. I'm ready to move on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll say uh, we, we game fly this. Of course, uh, this game retails for a whopping thirty dollars. Uh, you would be infuriated if you paid $30. I hate saying don't support the developer because since we actually liked Maze, if you think you want to take a whack at this game, I'd, 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 go, I'd buy it around the, the, around the $10 mark. I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen it on sale across the across the platforms. I've seen it come across sales because when I'm scrolling through sales, like, you know, the games that we've played on the podcast kind of pop up in my memory. I can't recommend it, <laughs> but if you think you're an expert platformer and you want to Show us what's what, then uh, play through it and tell us how easy you thought it was. We'll be glad to hear it. I'll be glad to tell you how much I suck at video games. <laughs> All right. You ready to go on to our uh, our second game then? Mm-hmm. Our second game is called Ari 
and the secret of the seasons. Oddly enough, came out three weeks after <laughs> September 1st, 2020. Oh, wow. So they're incredibly close together. Now, it was developed by Exine, E-X-I-I-N, uh, out of Belgium. Exxon has been, they were founded in 2015, and they are currently sitting at between five and ten people kind of hard to tell because the, also the, the game kind of it fluct not game the it fluctuates depending on when people are working full-time versus part-time it originally was for pc and we played it on the xbox uh, but we also played it a ported version done by a company called uh, fishing cactus they're i think notably known for porting games yeah well yeah it looks like they themselves have only developed one game and they're for the most part just strictly help it, helpers. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're not here. We're really going to talk about them. We're going to talk about Exxon. Exxon uh, has only made, I believe, this is their first game. As far as I could tell through the research, it was put on, on I don't know, everything Windows, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and then eventually on the Stadia, which is no longer yeah. supported. Stadia is dead. They've actually made 13 games. I have that wrote down there. <laughs> uh, but they don't have a clickable link on their stuff, so I don't know entirely what, what all that stuff was. Yeah. Even with the, like said, we say multiple times, because it's kind of the, the, the territory we end up with, and it's kind of some, sometimes hard to find all the information you need for these smaller companies. It can be, yeah. The, they think their main focus right now is Ari. That's what they're, they've been working on, including ports and updates to the Switch and all that stuff. But their main thing is Ari at the moment. have a couple other games prior to that. But anyway, I'm not going to get too far into that. This also is a 3D action-adventure platformer. Mm-hmm. More action-adventure than platform. There's some platforming. The platforming is why I quit playing. Again? Yeah. Again. Essentially, it's got a really, really cool mechanic with mm-hmm. the, the season spheres, and that's mm-hmm. actually really cool, but that led to a lot of the platforming issues that I had. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, how, how far did I... So I got to one where you, what was it, activates winter? How, how, which, which way do you go? Do you, the first sphere you have, are you, are you change into winter or are you changing away from winter? I can't remember. It's well, you're stuck in the winter. Your father is the guardian of winter, and you get the winter sphere. Winter sphere. So that's one where you're like going somewhere, and you activate the winter sphere, and it looks it does look, it looks it does look pretty cool. This is a kind of a cartoony looking game. It does look kind of cool. You like, in, inside the sphere. Say you're kind of you're trying to get somewhere like above you, and you activate the sphere, and within the sphere are freaking floating ice platforms. So you have to be like activate the sphere and hang out inside the sphere to jump on these platforms to get somewhere above you. 
it's cool the first couple of times you do it, but then it starts getting more and more like jumping and activating and then jumping and deactivating and reactivating. It's just like, it gets so immensely complicated again for a game that looks like it's for kids. Mechanics just get too, too complicated for what you're trying to do. Yeah. They get too uh, complex, too over, not overzealous, too, I don't know, overachieving. They're trying to like, look how cool we can do. Look at what we can do. And you're just trying to overcompensate, I guess. Not sure. So, like, the story itself, again, it's not terrible. It's like some sort of kid cartoon. You play you you play Ariel, Ariel, who goes by Ari for short. Hence, Ari in The Secret of the Seasons. Uh, there are four guardians of the seasons, you know, the seasons. And then something happens. And a couple years ago, your brother, who's in line to be the next Winter Guardian just goes missing. And then like a year later, uh, the seasons get wonky. Like where, wherever you're at winter never stops. And so over here, summer never stops. And these big red crystals, the inciting event come down and crash and they start causing all these monster demon things to appear. Start screwing with the seasons. So all of a sudden your place isn't stuck. Isn't in winter. Co- isn't stuck. I was like, there's parts of it that don't have winter no more. Yeah. It's all very visually appealing with the different seasons because you can run through a city or a town and half the city will be in summer, the other half will be in winter, and then you can activate spring in the middle. And, and you know, it's really cool mm-hmm. how it all happens. It looks like they've created like every map because I, I assume later you get the other orbs. As far as we got was the winter orb, I guess. Uh, I got all of them. I played a lot longer than you did, I think. Oh, God. I guess you did. So I assume that any anywhere you go, you can activate any uh, any of the four orbs, and you'll see the area you're in in all four seasons. So that means that means that means they developed the entire game mm-hmm. visually through all four seasons, at least essentially four times. Yeah, but some of the between, I mean, some of it might be like, ooh, a summer this tree looks like a tree, and then you you switch to autumn and the leaves are a different color. Yeah. I get that that's what it means, but it's still developing an entire map. Across four seasons, that's different. I mean, a lot of it will be like the, the, um, the most obvious one is changing to winter, probably, and everything's covered in snow from, as opposed to the other three seasons. But still, I think it's a neat and a lot of work, I imagine, to do it across the whole map. It was fully voice acted, as far as I could remember. I think everything was voice acted fairly good. And then, about a good chunk of, of the way into the game, you, you got, finally got access to fast travel points, and that made things. So yeah. much better. I think, I think the game was that big, though, wasn't it? It could be. I don't be. know. You traveled pretty far to get to that next town. It could be. I think I quit at that, like, the next, like the second or third of the large, really large cities. I think I'd gotten somewhere that was supposed to be, like, a desert. It was, like, covered in snow, so they were really kind of, like, not having a good time. They did not know how to function in yeah. in cold. And part of, you, part of the side quests you were were, like, teaching them how to, like, use fire and stuff because they didn't know how to do that. I mean, immediately deserts get cold at night, sure, but not this cold and, you know, covering feet of snow. And uh, I don't really... Do you remember, do you remember where you... I think I quit because I was just... This, um, what a factor for quitting sometimes a game is boredom yeah. for me sometimes. And I just kind of got kind of tired of tired of playing it. It wasn't... There was nothing drawing, drawing me back to it. 
So I quit way earlier than you did, I suppose. And you, you kind of decided you wanted to keep going like, for a little while I'll longer. I'll try it, you know, see if I can't finish it. We're doing that right now with, with another Gamefly game we're, we're going to talk about right now. The game you're probably going to beat, which I quit hours before you did. Definitely. Pull your tee up real quick. Your TA up for Ari real quick. I want to see exactly how much further in the game I did um, get. Mine's already pulled up. I got uh, three hours and 40 minutes at 11 of the 38 achievements. I got 11 and a half hours and I got 21 of the 38 achievements. Sounds like you should have went ahead and beat the game. Except for I was not having fun. Because one of the things I got to, which is I think what led to me quitting, is now I had I had spoken to these deities. I don't know. I spoke to the Summer Whale, who was like the embodiment of... Of and then I got access to all of the guardians, uh, all the spheres, and I met the true villain, which was this demon that was locked up that we were lying to, saying we killed him a thousand years ago, but he was never dead. He was literally just locked underneath the dome of seasons and like perpetual sleep. That's a pretty common thing. Yeah, for something you can't defeat, just lock it away instead. Yeah, and I ended up meeting the the summer whale. And the, I, I read the, the story itself doesn't sound terrible. Like I read through the plot snaps. It's got some pretty cool plot twists and stuff like that. It's just by the end of it, I don't want to finish it because I was just, uh, I was like, I know what's going to happen and I'm going to be angry. Mm-hmm. And I don't want, I hate playing video games angry. Because one of the things that, again, led me to the summer whale was I had to go underwater but your character can't swim. They die. They're like a 10-year-old kid. They don't know how to swim. They die in like deep water. And so I had to use like the spring sphere on one of these lanterns, kick the lantern into the water, which evaporated all the water, or I think it was the summer wind, which evaporated all the water around it. And in that sphere, that sphere of influence, I could essentially breathe underwater in that infinite air bubble. Now, in order to activate some things, I had to quickly switch between winter and this to make it through an iron gate that won't open whilst trying to keep that ball close to me. And then I <laughs> then had to switch, get up to a platform, switch off and switch it to spring so that it would fill up an area with water, hop out, do a whole maze to get that ball up to where I need it to be. And then to, to keep, it was just... Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat of the same mechanics, just more and more complicated. And I, I managed to get through a whole thing, and I was just like, I'm, I got three more of these to do. I have to speak to each of the creatures of the of the season, and I was like, I'm the golems or whatever they were called. I, I was, I don't, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I get it. And I, I was just it. like, ah, uh, it was a good game. I want to end <clears> on good <throat> notes. The end. I like a good game you would finish though. Yeah, true. The platforming was incredibly floaty. Not just when you're jumping on. You jump and land and slide, even when it's not winter time. Yes. Nightmare. The platforming was incredibly loose and floaty. Mm-hmm. But again, at the same time, I, it is only like between five and ten people. They probably didn't have any actual testers besides themselves. And the problem with that, especially happened way early on, is when a developer is testing their own game, they memorize the stuff, and to them it seems easy. And that's why you shouldn't have that, your developers play testing their own games. Mm-hmm. At least to an extent. Maybe early on. Mm-hmm. 
and like say the alpha, but then when you do the beta and actual testing, and you should let other people because otherwise you memorize the stuff. You're like, oh, this is super easy. We need to make the, and you, let's make this more difficult or some crap. Um, that, could, that could be the same thing happened with Scully. A little po- possibly, very yeah. possibly. Um, this game is also forty dollars. Oh, wait, but see, 40, that's a, I say thirty or forty. Sorry, thirty. Well, nope, forty. And that's 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 not terrible for the amount of time you can play this game. Like even with a guide, I was still sitting at like eleven hours. You had a guide. There's, there's no TA guide. You could get a lot of gaming out of this, running around doing. The, it's very very Zelda like. Yeah. Going to temples and going to the the when you even had combat you had dodging combat counter combat and the combat itself wasn't terrible mm-hmm. and then as you you got money and stuff in the game and I think all you bought was costumes and you just bought, bought cosmetic stuff cosmetic it was all cosmetics and yeah. buy a buy a face mask buy a different outfit even buy a different weapon but it was just cosmetic yeah now admittedly it was cosmetic to an extent. Because sometimes you would buy a, a weapon. It didn't affect your attack strength at all, but sometimes you'd buy like a longer weapon like an axe or a pole, and it increased your width, your length of attack a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But not super much. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. Uh, I think 40 bucks is still too high for something like this. 20 maybe 20 or less. Maybe 10 10 uh, is probably too low for something this size, maybe, as, as much game as there is. I think 20 bucks, you'd be kind of happy with your experience. If you played it all the way through, 20 bucks, you'd be happy with this experience. Yeah. For the, for the amount of hours you get out of it. And again, also, maybe if you're not shooting for the achievements, if you're just playing to have fun, like we were... Well, tr- well, yeah, well, there's no TA guide, so we were just playing. I was just playing. Oh, that is true. There was no guide, so we were so just trying just, to have fun. I was fun. just trying to try my best to have fun. Yeah. Anyway. Sometimes that fails. <laughs> I do... Uh, we've talked about them before. Have we? No. Uh, this, this is the thing I'm about to bring up. The entire soundtrack for the game is actually released by that company, the Materia Collective. You can buy the soundtrack via vinyl or reel and listen to it because the music wasn't terrible. And I don't remember. I don't remember it. I played something at the beginning of this part probably, but I don't remember the soundtrack at all. I I. Th- I, I, I can be done talking about that and moving on. Like, even the reviews for the game were averaging. Everyone was like, oh, f- 4 out of 10. or It was between 4, 5, you know, 40, 60s. It was middle nothing around. nothing amazing. It was very middling. But people, a lot of people had similar things that I said. Okay. Now, going on to our last game, I think is our first... It's sucks it's on a gameplay episode and not a full episode of its own. I think it's our first full PS5 outing. Yes. Uh, well, I say that. I think this game's available on PS4, which sucks. Which people say it holds... There's been this recent argument that deve- co- developing games on both gens is holding games back. Uh, some people are dropping the old gen to focus on their newer gen games, which is which is good. We, we need to be doing that. I know not everybody's lucky as us. Not everybody has their PS5 or their Series X like we do, but games will just... I mean, You've yet to see a true, like, really true next-gen experiences. I think so, so many people are co-developing on both all the consoles, you know? Well, scalpers would let other people have PlayStations and Xboxes. Yeah, we would, we would have this problem. But this is our first game that we've played on the podcast that's on PlayStation 5. game I'll be diving into is called Kena, Bridge of Spirits. 
Now, it came out September 21st, 2021, and it is developed by Ember Labs. Now, this is Ember Labs' first game. They are originally an animation studio, and their primary thing, they did commercials for something called Hisense. I don't know what that is, but they did a bunch of uh, Coke commercials and MLB commercials. A lot of in like China and Japan. Oh, you pivot into gaming. Uh, well, I can, I'll get into that. What caused them, let's see here. I have a list of their portfolio of animations that they did. They did a Colonel Kart Racers commercial, something called High Sense, which I think may have been a movie. And then they did a Chinese New Year Coca-Cola commercial in 2016. That an uh, Major League Baseball, the Majestic Athlete. I don't know if it was a game or not. They also did a uh, commercial for the Euro Cup 2016 in 2016 which is kind of what led them to making the game they actually made a fan film which I'm actually kind of curious into watching called Manjura's Mask Terrible Fate where they made an entire CGI I don't think it was a feature length but mm. about the Manjura's Mask and the, and the kid behind it mm. okay and after they made that they had such a blast making that's probably it. hard to find because Nintendo shuts that stuff down possibly I mean, unless it was, like, done really well. Well, Nintendo don't care. That is true. If anything they ain't got their name on, they shut it down so hard. We'll look into it more. Try to find it, yeah. Because it's it's clickable on their website, so maybe. Maybe they just haven't got (laughs) noticed yet. So, with all this, they had so much fun making uh, the Manjura's Mask. They're like, why don't we make a game? I don't know what country they're from. I can't figure it out. Because it's all this stuff is like European and China and this, but it appears to be two white dudes named Mike and Josh. So, <laughs> Mike and Josh Greer, G R I E R, they're brothers that co founded the company in 2009 as animation. And then it led out to this other stuff. So, who knows? Who knows I, without doing more research it was just, I thought it was just kind of funny all these things it was just Mike and Josh <laughs> okay guys with this they wanted to make a game and so they expanded their team to now 15 people mm-hmm. and they're like let's make a game you know that you know based off things that we loved and obviously they love Zelda and you can definitely see the the, the references and well, appeal you see the Zelda in it, and uh, we'll talk about it here in a moment. You clearly see them being um, inspired by Pixar. Uh, yes, very much so. And a, and a little bit of Studio Ghibli, I guess, a little bit. A lot of things uh, I talked about compared them uh, both favorably to Ghibli and to Disney Pixar and to Zelda and to a bunch of other things. Primarily... Uh, the four things they were constantly compared to, primarily based off everything that I read, reviews and and everything, were Zelda and Pikmin. Yeah, Pikmin, yeah. As well as Studio Ghibli and Disney Pixar. It is a 3D action adventure platformer. platformer. <laughs> we did not. That's a, that's an accidental theme, actually. Or the action action adventure platformers are so freaking common, you can't get away from them. Not only that is they are 3D action action platform adventures, 
that have the character's name as the title of the video game. Very weird, huh? We have Scully, Ari, and Kina. Now, albeit Ari and Kina have subtitles, but still. Yeah. this That's just a coincidence because we, when we pick our Gamefly episodes, all we do is scroll through our rental history and we pick the last three games that neither one of us beat. It happened to be just these three games, which are all in name. Now, naming a game after your hero, I guess, is common. I mean, Sonic, Mario, and stuff yeah. like that. It just, I don't know. You seem like maybe we'd, we'd get away from that at some point in media, but I guess you, I guess you just never get away from name, just naming your game after your hero. Because you want it to stand out. I guess. So, we'll get into... So that's what the game is. So we get, and so we'll get into the visuals, I guess, because it's one of the things that I think grabs people's attention about this. Uh, to uh, and me as well to an extent until I'm kind of playing it. This game, it it just looks like a Pixar movie. Like almost almost like the, do the character models and stuff like that. My problem with that is I feel like that the as much influence as it has from Pixar and stuff like that, this game somehow managed to have no personality. Did you catch that? Did you have that feeling? Uh, I'm not the only one. I, was, I went through I, a bunch of the reviews, and a lot of them have the very same... Oh, I didn't write any reading reviews. Is that what people were saying? Yeah. It's like, though it looks like a Pixar movie and stuff like that. So that's where, like, looking like something and being something is different. Like, you can look like... Now, I'm, I'm not I'm not a big... I'm not I'm not like, ooh, Pixar is the, the best thing ever. Like, I think we're oversaturated with Pixar these days, and a lot of Pixar movies are, start, are, are looking the same now. So I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not the biggest Pixar fan in the world. I know they do great stuff. I love, like... Like Inside Out, and that was that right? Inside Out, and then mm-hmm. a couple of things that they do are really, really great. I understand. I, I get that. But there's your difference. There is like somebody who's trying to, who's a big fan, tries to look like, looking like Pixar and being Pixar is different. Like something about Pixar, their animation it looks away, but it, but you bring life to the way things move and the way things act, and you get good voice actors and stuff like that. There's difference. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference between like looking like Pixar and being Pixar. So Kenya can look like Pixar, but doesn't have the life of something that is Pixar. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Okay. So and Kenya herself could is meaningless. Like she has zero personality. There's actually that's one of the quotes from one of the. I was going to get to that here in a minute. One of the go, quotes. Go, I pulled. You can go ahead. I was, that's kind of where where I've kind of that's a good jumping off point. So I'm going to read a few quotes that I pulled based off the reviews. Besides Kina, you have a few other characters that are kind of minuscule, but the other main character you have is the Rot. Yeah, which is a weird name for them because they seem like they're helping. Yeah, I don't understand that either, but they're pieces of something called the Rot Spirit. They're pretty much the guys that, they're they're what kind of, uh, they're the Studio Ghibli kind of influence, they, or Pikmin in a way, but kind of a mix of both. Now, uh, everyone seemed to thoroughly enjoy the rot. Well, yeah, except they all looked identical. Yeah. I, w- I would love, you end up getting so many of them, so I get, I get, you couldn't make them all different because you get so many of them, but I wish you could have maybe had less and had more individual ones that had personality. I get, now, in Pikmin, you just have like 50 blues, you know, it yeah. doesn't matter. But in a modern game, you know, I have 15 or 20. With different personalities that do different things. Maybe they're not supposed to have different personalities. Maybe it's just like there's these, well, they're, 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 they're this generalized creature. They're fragments of the rot spirit. And later, okay. when the more you unlock, you can combine them together to create a massive yeah, yeah. beast. You, do that, or, pretty, you yeah. do that pretty early, yeah. Now, everyone seemed to like them, and they're like, ooh, 
Let's see here. All right. The Rot have more personality than Kina. Though mechanically comfortable and consistent and visually pleasing, it is lacking in ambition. Yeah. I mean, this game came out a couple of years ago. Barely. No, I mean, if this going to come out a couple of years yes. ago, we'd be thinking more. I mean, it's, 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 it sucks for a company who's like, finally, we finally, got to, we finally got to make a game and blah, blah, blah. But it's just like in a world where a bunch of other better games exist, you know, it just feels like, I don't know. He said, I mean, lacking in ambition, I guess. Maybe they didn't push themselves. And how much do they know about making a game, honestly? They're an animation. Not only are they an animation company, is they didn't do the animation. For their own game? Yeah, they were focused on the game. The actual animation for the the game, the animation was done by a company called Sparks. And they, well, they were, it was the game's art was in collaboration with, so they could also focus on do, making the game and stuff. Yeah. But they collaborated with a company called Sparks, which are a, it's a French-Vietnamese uh, art studio. The only thing of any note early on was they're responsible for the entirety of Roly Poly Oli <laughs> until about 2012. I don't think it has anything to do with them. I think it was people reaching because in 2012, I guess they've been contacted and touched by Disney. So they've worked on every Disney property since then. Uh, they worked on all for the Avengers. They worked on the Jurassic world franchise. They worked on, all the Star Wars, they worked on Aladdin, they worked on the Transformers, Worldcraft, um, including what Terminator 2 or uh, not Terminator, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then Aquaman. And one of the coolest things they do, they, they, they helped collaborate with uh, Valyrian and the Planet of a Thousand Cities. Mm-hmm. And that movie is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. So, besides that, they've also done some commercials primarily in French and Vietnamese, but they've also helped do uh, animation work for uh, many video games as well, including League of Legends, Smite, Fallout 4, Farm Simulator, (laughs) Microsoft Flight Simulator, uh, Detroit Become Human, Fallen Order, Outer World, not Outer Wilds, but Outer World, Demon Souls, the remake from Blue Point, something called Valorant. I don't know. And they've just been a bunch. Detroit Become Humans, Borderlands Three, but they haven't done any video games since 2020. That may have been because of something else, but who knows? But they maybe because they've been taken over by the movies. They've been focused on movie CGI. Yeah. <laughs> they've literally. That's been it's random non-video game tangent, but that's been a huge thing in special effects departments since the Avengers kind of hit. These big, big superhero movies have rocketed that all these special effects companies are like, they've absorbed the, the crunch culture from video game companies in order to... Because you see those millions of people that work on these special effects movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And how a lot of them are like... I just they're just what well, just turns into like we we're not we're not we're not yeah. to bash on Marvel podcasts but like like people talk about these things these Marvel things just turn into these big flashy CGI things just turn into mesh yeah it's just like bright lights and stuff flying around and just like okay we, 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 we've seen too much we've seen too much of it yeah. yeah 
Ember Labs has had a slight bit of controversy. Ember Labs has had two, the only two employees, one went on record and one remained anonymous. Uh-oh. Of somebody get me too? No. Well, not necessarily, no. <laughs> but of being unpaid overtime. Oof. Being promised promotion, being well, not only being pro- being promised to be hired on full time, being promised promotions once hired on full time, and then not being uh, paid overtime and stuff. And the only statement that Ember Labs has put out, which were one of the brothers of one of the Greers, was says you can check our records. All of the invoices have been paid. I don't know what they're talking about, and. We have never made any promises of promotions to any outside people that work for us. So it sounds like some nonsense. The problem with something like that, I don't want to get too much into this, is it's so easy to lie on either side. Oh, it's 100% easy to lie. So they could be like running a corporate, not, not, so they're not going to be a corporation. So they're a small time company, but they people absorb that corporate mentality to just lie. It's easy to just lie. They, 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 we're in the uh, we're in the we're in the era of. Just whatever you say is truth to anybody now. Like no, yeah. nobody researches anything, so he could just lie, and everybody's like, "Well, that per- the, then that employee's a piece of crap." So there's two sides of this, or two people are gonna take one of two things. I'm not picking a side. I don't. I, don't, I really don't care. Uh, he's lying. He's a piece. Of, he's a piece of crap. So we should help these help these developers out. But it's also so easy for somebody like them to be for the employees. Just to be a crappy person who's in the industry, uh, that's the hot hot topic is crunch and pay and stuff like that. To even though they're getting paid, that they've paid everything that they're supposed to be paid, and they think they deserve a little bit more. If I if I send the right email, or if I tweet the right thing, yeah, I'll get a little bit more because I'm 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 a, I'm a bad person. So they can, yeah. it's so easy for them to just lie, lie as well. It could go either side could be lying. So who I don't who knows? You'll never know because either side could be lying. It's not like it's something big enough to go to court over. Uh, one again, one of them is a hundred percent out in the open. They, I, I can I can find his last name and everything. Yeah. And the other one was just uh, re- cho- chose to remain anonymous. I'm like, I don't think they're gonna put send assassins after you, but maybe speaking up like this can get you blacklisted. Yeah, it definitely can. Like, the, I'm not gonna get into it, but the, like the the voice actress for Bayonetta just like blacklisted the hell out of herself. Oh yeah. I don't know if you've seen any of that. I've seen so many contradictory reports. I have no way to. She's like, only they were only going to pay me. Like, so what? she lied about how much she was getting paid, and then she got caught in the lie, and then kept trying to get Bayonetta three boycotted, and now she's 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 ruined herself. Now, granted, somebody said I saw some stuff where she hasn't worked. She hasn't really worked on anything besides Bayonetta, so like she didn't have much of a career anyway. But anyway, yeah, I'm not being in it. This is a news podcast. I don't want to. I don't want to be a news. It's also she could only. Get a job going going anywhere? I don't know. Anyway, let's yeah. get back all the way back to Kenya. Yeah, Kina, Kina, whatever. I thought Kenya was a better name. That, no, it's Kina. Yeah. So we 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 drifted way off, got way off into the weeds on her not having a personality. Yes, very much so. And that's really about it. <sighs> let's go ahead and close this up. <laughs> now, again, the game is is visually appealing like the first time i used that pulse thing underground and it lit up all it was very pretty you have a staff now the game doesn't explain anything it really doesn't the game just starts game you're a spirit god i guess you can speak to deceased spirits and yeah you help them pretty much everybody on. i think everybody you're talking to are spirits every, she, every she, she addresses them yeah she addresses them as hey spirit or spirit this or she doesn't talk to them 
She talks. Does she? Hey, spirit. She converses with the people in the village. I don't remember her speaking at all. Yeah, it's because she has no personality. She says she says words to people, to others, to spirits, I guess. But it never. I mean, maybe later in the game, explains what she's doing or she's it loosely loosely explains something because you do like she is supposed to like you do um you help some folks, you help some spirits, and they, and she does like help them move on. So I guess that's really what her job is. You're supposed to glean that yourself because yeah. it's never the way the game starts. There's no opening cinematic or nothing. You just start in a cave and it's like. Do some spirit guiding. Like, okay, I guess we're doing this. But most of it is running around, completing puzzles, running and jumping and everything you can do to try to save this little little areas you're in and stuff like that. A lot of it, it's just not fun. <laughs> like, it's really like, I, at a certain point when I beat a couple of levels and I was like, I had a little bit of a, a not a, because this is a PlayStation exclusive, so I don't have a TA for this. But I did find some other guides, and it's just like, okay, I'm clearing out these maps. But there's no satisfaction to me for clearing out none of these maps. Like I was doing all the stuff, finding all the collectibles, and it just had there's just no rewarding feeling for doing it all. The the rewards you get, which you get rid of enemies in the area, which is pretty cool. You completely wipe away the enemies, so that was pretty cool. And you would get the this money, which would let you buy. Really, all you bought was the hats for the rot. You bought accessories for the rot. I think you upgraded your abilities very limitedly, but yeah, you could upgrade your abilities you had. Like, well, money bought the hats. You had a, another another currency that you upgraded yeah. your abilities. Solo gems. Or so those, so I feel like there was three. It was money for hats, a currency for your abilities, and like another was there, was there another one to upgrade so. the rot. Crap, I think you're right. Yeah, I think there were Something three like different that. things to keep track of. Yeah. It became very monotonous, and the puzzles became incredibly repetitive. It was just the same puzzle over and over, over, again. And over again. Yeah. Now, they weren't as incredibly complicated as some of the other ones we've talked about, but it was just, it got to that point. Well, I'll tell you my favorite, my favorite part, or a part where I about ended myself on like my second night probably playing. You, you get to the part where there's this big old tree in the middle of this area, and you had to climb all the way. You had to like... Loop like lash or something like that. That bow lets you shoot your bow. You, you, you kinda, have a bow and a hook shot. Yeah, but well, the bow, the bow. You shoot the bow and it pulls you. That's, that's that's how you transfer. You shoot the bow at these things and it whips you and grabs you and pulls you over. That's the hook shot. What well, you? But you shoot the bow. Yeah. The yeah. bow does it. But you come all the way this tr- big big old tree in the middle and you get to the very top and there's enemies and like one of them hits you like one of them can like hit you just right and you'll fall all the way off the tree. I fell off that tree three times. Yeah, mm. I was like. I think this is, I mean, I got past it eventually, but I was like, why isn't there like something to stop me from falling all the way off this tree? Like all the way down to the ground, I have to climb all the way back up, initiate the same fight again. And the fights are very unrewarding. The combat's not, the combat's clean enough, but like her dodge is terrible. Her, her dodge, dodge is terrible and almost annoying to have. She has like a pulse shield that you can use to parry. It's like trying to be. You can hold. Souls. You can hold it to and block stuff, and it has like a like a like a energy bar to how much you can block, which is fine. It works, and you could tap it to parry. But the timing is just kind of not not great. I also found the game. I ended up bumming it down, but I found the game surprisingly difficult. I've, I've heard that before. before. I had that. Before. I don't know where I heard that at. Maybe I read that somewhere on Reddit. We heard it. It's, it's like, like, oh, this combat's way more intense than I was planning on it being. Well, it's more intense than that it can handle itself. Like it's like you need for harder, harder combat. You got to have a combat system that can, it can hold you, 
hold you accountable, you know, for what yeah. what's you know, like most of we say like Dark Souls and stuff like that. The, their combat systems are robust enough that like you're responsible for a lot of that. We say that we've run into some crazy stuff in Dark Souls Three that just doesn't seem like our fault, but we're not getting into that right now. Yeah, I don't remember where I. So I don't know. You probably do a whole thing. I signed in while you were talking earlier. I signed into my PlayStation app. The only way to see the only way to see any of this stuff. Uh, I don't have a time for it without looking up. Well, maybe I. I don't know if I can or not. But that's not that's not my stuff. So I just need to see. So all I can see right here, for me, is I earned thirteen of the forty-two trophies. I can't see how long. I can't see how long I played. Unfortunately, I think you can if you look at on your actual console. You can see how long you played. Yeah, you can't see. I can't see how long I played, but I get again thirteen of the forty-two trophies. It was something I was playing, and I almost quit one night. And I was kind of um, looking ahead at where where I was and where how far I had to go and how many how many actually you got to the guide I was looking at had how many how many maps there actually even were to complete. And I didn't have that much. Like this game's like fifteen hours something like that. Like, yeah, it's not very long. Very long. But I was just like so bored and tired of repeating the same puzzles over and over again, which led led to me. Quitting, and I'm pretty sure. I think this is one I actually played further than you, probably. Maybe I don't really. You know. You played it first, and you didn't seem too thrilled by it the first night you were playing. Um, I I made I got eleven of the trophies out of forty two. So for yeah, so I played a little further than you, or I did some of the combat once I looked up how to do some of some of the combat trophies, which are yeah, doing certain things. Um, one thing I want to note, I want to know if it was just my. Something in my settings or something weird going on, but um, was your dialogue matching your lip sync at all? Sometimes. I was so immensely put off by this game because <laughs> my dialogue was never matching. Like it was, it was like way off, and it was very hard to like look at these people talking and they're not like it's not even close to matching. What they were saying, and that was one of the most off-putting things. I never, I never really experienced that. I mean, lip syncing is not perfect in video games in general, which is normal. But this one was so far off from what it was doing that it was, uh, it was, I was, it was disorienting and off-putting when it was like with a camera on their faces and they're talking and the words aren't matching up to what they're, what's happening. Like it's like the dialogue was, the whole audio track was behind the animation for everything. Like the whole game was off for me. I, I did notice something too about that. I think I, I remember bringing it up, and other people brought it up too. Was you have you play through the whole kind of first area? You, you get introduced to the tutorial, and you make it out of this cave, and you gorgeous overview, and then the game triggers its first cutscene. Oh, the cutscenes look worse than the game. Yes, and people talked about there being a pretty large discrepancy between the gameplay. And the cutscenes. Why do the cutscenes look fuzzy and worse than the gameplay? I assume they're not in-engine cutscenes. That's probably why they're separate. It's probably because they did this collaboration thing where they focused. Well, Amber Labs focused on the game, made it look pretty, and they themselves are an animation studio. They made everything look really kind of fluid and pretty and cool. Mm -hmm. And then they had to combine it with somebody else who may have been working. Now it's possible these cutscenes were made for the PlayStation 4 version when we, the game we played was the PlayStation 5 version and there was just a huge disconnect right there and they didn't bother mm -hmm. updating or remastering the cutscenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they noticeably like fuzzy. Like everything was had like a fuzzy outline and it was just yeah. like I was like oh god. It was like a 
Oh, it was not fun, especially considering how pretty the game was. Very jarring. Yeah. It's like going back and playing the remaster for the God of War and going, oh God, these cutscenes are <laughs> disgusting. I can't look at them. <laughs> like, yeah, I get that. Had a lot of good, but... It's, the, just, it's just soulless. The whole game's soulless. Forgetting about souls and spirits, it's so soulless. The, the two brothers wrote and directed. One wrote, one directed the thing. Yeah. And maybe they just don't have what it takes. Maybe they need to like, hire a writer. You know, hire somebody to help. Just give it a, a touch up or something. Yeah. I feel like I mean, maybe they that maybe they'll learn. Maybe they'll learn. I think the game came out to a big old meh. Yeah. So maybe they'll take that and constructive criticism, maybe, and, and like, oh, move we can forward do and made another you know better, gorgeous. It's also the first game I played with not even really noticeable haptics. I don't. I think this is not a full PS5 game. I didn't even notice them. So I feel like I may have noticed something with the trigger sometimes, but uh, yeah, it's not it's not the game to really this is this isn't this is not the game to discuss haptics with. No, but I I can be done talking about it. The game itself, like if they put out something else, I'll give it another go. But yeah. well, we'll know because it'll look exactly like a Pixar movie. True. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> I think this is a full. I don't know. I think this might have been a full fifty to. Fifty to sixty, seventy dollar game. I don't have a price on here without. Actually, I can just click on the game. Emberland. Oh, forty bucks. That's not actually not bad for a. That's really not. At least they knew what they were. You know, you're like we're not giving you a full game. We're giving you. It's a full. It's a full game. Forty bucks for for that's that's actually not terrible for what it is. But uh, I don't know. I pay twenty bucks for it. You're gonna get bored probably. (laughs) So, okay. Well, that's it for that. Let me pull up my stuff for the last thing I'm doing here. All right, so the last thing I'm going to do is tell you, well, I'll tell you about a band. I don't know a whole lot about this band, honestly, but I was, I'm always looking into, scrolling through my Spotify, trying to find a band I haven't talked about on the podcast, and I stumble upon a band that I haven't talked about, and here they are. Uh, this band is called Mandroid Echo Star. They're a six-piece, kind of like metal rock band. Is it metal rock? put genre on things is so hard mm-hmm. band from canada they have uh, three albums right now and they're about to do a fourth uh looking into them i find it kind of strange because we use wikipedia for a lot of things you look into sometimes probably their wikipedia isn't up to date it was really weird no, that's very strange yeah i thought people like are usually on top of this like their uh their wikipedia i was like reading it to try to see, see if there's anything cool about the band and it stops on their 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 first album don't even mention their second album at all Oh, that's not that's yeah. not good. And, and they're about to do it. They're putting out they're putting out music now for a third album. I was like, well, that's I've never seen I've never seen a Wikipedia page. I know, I know it's ran by human beings just doing doing the best they can, but um, I've never seen a page just end before a that wasn't caught up before. That was a very strange thing about this band. I mean, there's nobody that cares enough to update them. That's sad. What does it say about this band? So I'm gonna say something bad that I don't, don't normally normally say about something, but as I was. As I picked this band based off them, I just have a playlist. I was like, okay, if I have a playlist, I probably like this band. So I started the past couple of weeks. I've had time to like really listen to it and let it let, let it all sink in, and it kind of fits well with this podcast theme this time. Like uh, this is a gameful episode on games we didn't beat, so games we kind of ended up not liking. After spending a couple of couple of days or a couple of weeks, whatever, uh, going through this band's catalog, I kind of don't like this band as much as I thought I, I did originally. 
I don't know if my music tastes have changed depending on kind of what they are or if there's just certain things about bands that just kind of I don't like. The, the main thing, I really I really enjoy the, uh, the a, lot, a lot of the music for this band. I think what puts me off a bit is that, and, and this, is a, this is the taste things. Other folks will love it, but I, I kind of don't like the singer. I mean, no offense to him. I'm sure he's a fine singer, I guess, to some people. But singing is, you know, that's that's that, that's just a matter of, of opinion and taste. People like like and don't, that's how it, how it does with games too you like certain game types and don't like other game types whatever like i always say about bands or something like that somebody somewhere this is their favorite band oh yeah so many people in the world somebody and he's 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 somebody's favorite singer i get that that's perfectly fine i just don't like him that much what is your like you, you don't you're, you're not as dis not, I, I tell you disliking you like it a little more than i do or a little more i don't know not forgiving but you're you said you kind of you so, somewhat compared him to claudio from uh, Coheed and Cambria. He tries to be. He's. They're definitely influenced by Coheed and Cambria, hundred percent. Yeah. And he see he has that high pitch singing, but you and I both spoke about it. Is he's not. He's singing on top of the music. He's not singing with the music. Yeah. If that makes any sense to people who enjoy music. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, and a lot of bands do that. Like it's 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 more it's more uncommon that bands sing with their music. Like some band, it's it the cohesive bands I call them are fewer and farther between the bands that are more cohesive like this because there's billions of bands in the world and so many bands that'll be like. And I imagine there's lots of situations where like we have a great band and you find a singer later and like you have all your music written and the music's great. You find a singer and he kind of just has to sing on top of the music you already have. Mm-hmm. And then, but some people kind of, kind of work it out and they just, they just, they just are more, more cohesive. Like Coheed and Cambria is more cohesive. Usually mm-hmm. I, I hate, hate to keep comparing them. Like Blake said, I was like, I was like comparing it like this to like a, uh, Afterman, like like a lot of the cohesiveness of, of Afterman, he's like you can't compare every band to your favorite albums of all time. That's not fair to all the other bands in the world. Really like not. I get I get that, but like I don't know. It was but you're the one that brought up the Coheed and Cambria similarities, and that kind of put me in the, the mindset. I can't think of Coheed and Cambria without thinking of Afterman. But anyway, that's what I think about. That. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what I th- that's what I think about. That's what I think about this. Uh, so I had listened for weeks and weeks, kind of like uh, at work and in the truck and stuff like that, driving around. And I come across uh, this is funny. I, I, I landed on three songs, and then me and Blake were riding the truck yesterday, going to the movies. We're gonna go, we went to see Black Adam. This is the Black Adam podcast. We're not going to talk about it. And I picked three songs, and the first song I was we listened to, and I was like, why did I, why did I pick this? It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know how I I picked it, and then the other two uh, we listened to both, and uh, Blake helped help me pick. We 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 picked the, you know, one of the one of the last two songs. So I hate talking about a talking about a band like this, but maybe I don't know if I've ever had a band that have I ever had have I had any any other bands on the podcast which I had on a playlist and I thought I liked, and then I listened to a lot, and then it was like not as good as I remember. You had like one or two where you you like oh I have a playlist for this I must have liked something, and then we listened to it, and you're like. Yeah, but nothing ever ever brought on the podcast. No, I usually like this is off, like because they're not bad. Oh, and the music's cool a lot of the time. Some of the songs, some of the longer five. I hate bands that do five minute songs where like half the song could be cut out. They mm-hmm. do that. They do this. A lot of bands do this. I'm not just crapping on Bandroid here. A lot of bands will do a five minute song. And you're like, nobody needed five minutes of this. This could have been three and done. Yeah, I don't know how long is I don't know how long is the song that we picked. I feel like it kind of maybe three and a half, maybe I don't know, maybe four or five. Who I don't I don't remember now. But they do they they they're 
not a victim. They're a, not a victim, but they're a. And it could not be them. It could be like a producer. Like, oh, let's do one more hook. Let's do one more verse. One more hook. One more verse. Yeah. And but, but am I wrong? That there are plenty of songs that it, that I can listen to a song, and the song could be three minutes long, and I'm just like, this could be thirty seconds shorter. Now to get back to Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> Yeah, I can listen to Domino, which is an eight-minute song. Domino, the destitute, on the the second track on Afterman is eight and a half minutes long, and I can listen to it back to back, and it's incredible all the way through. But but you know, everybody's not the masterpiece that is Afterman. Even so much, Coheed and Cambria can't follow the masterpiece. Their last two albums, more or less, kind of suck compared to Afterman. So like, you get maybe you get one masterpiece sometimes as a band. Anyway, Mandroid, uh, a. more back to Mandroid is that the reason I'm, I'm picking them, and I, I think I've decided on my next band too, is I pick. I sometimes fall upon bands who have new music coming out. Yeah, their album, this sec, this album right here that I picked off of is their second album. It's from 2016, and they but they put out new new music now and one new song. I didn't. I'm not playing the new song. You can find it on Spotify if you look them up. They have a new song that just came out this year. So I, I like to do, push a band a little bit so you can you might get some new stuff out of them. Now, granted, I've pushed bands that don't exist no more. It happens, but it helps when they have new music to kind of like go chase them down and give them give them some listens and stuff like that. So I'll stick with the this for now. Next band I've I've already we already pre decided on already we talked about yesterday. It's got got new music coming out. I'm gonna say it now. Yeah, I can't remember, but I think so. Anyway, we talked about it yesterday. <laughs> that was but, years ago. That <laughs> was yesterday. Uh, anyway, so that's it for this. Uh, I'm picking a song called. We ended up falling onto the song called. Iron Hands, which is off their second album called Coral Throne. I feel like a lot of the stuff I picked was actually from that album. I feel like all three songs were from the same album. Two, two of the three were from, from the same album. Yeah, one to the ba- the, the bad one, and then the good one. <laughs> this one. <laughs> you got something? You got something else to add? Well, we talked about it too. Is you 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 think that the singer kind of takes away? I is it their second album too, or is it just their first album where it's they ha- they've completely removed vocals? It's entirely instrumental. Not you say not not removed, but there is a like, you're on Spotify. Their second album is regular, and then their second album again just instrumental. So like I think I don't know if they kind of, but he's still on he's on the new song. So it's not like they're like he sucks and they pulled him out. Like they did, I'm sure they love their singer. Yeah, because he's he's on the new song. But uh, yeah, it is kind of. You can't listen might, to it without. You can't listen to it. You can't listen to it without the vocals. Well, maybe I should have done listen to these things without the vocals, and maybe they'll be. I didn't listen to the instrumental stuff. It's also uncommon for a band to release an album again without the vocal track. That is strange. So, but the, I do like the music side of the things, but it's not being um, too repetitive for five minutes. So after uh, crapping all over this band. We wish them luck in their future endeavors. <laughs> yeah, so I feel I kind of kind of feel bad, but also, I don't know. Maybe some constructive criticism will cause they'll, them to they'll they'll never hear, they'll never hear this, and if they do, we'll probably get a mean a mean message or asked to pull their pull their stuff. Now nobody's ever hunted this down and said because we hunted this down and said pull you know pull your music from that or remove that from your episode. It hasn't happened yet. This might be the first time if this we'll gets, <laughs> this gets to the band. I mean, they have really cool music. I will say that. I'm just not a fan of the singer. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get an angry tweet from the singer or something. Yeah, this, this, this modern this modern time, we'll get an angry tweet from the singer. Like, we got Twitter. Well, we do. We do have a Twitter, yeah. We don't have personal Twitters. Not personal Twitters. Um, that's it. Uh, so we want to thank, here on the end, of course, I also want to thank Jared Jones from uh, Emerge for 
uh, let, letting us have the song Letting Go to our intro for our podcast. And uh, Emerge is actually doing some tour dates right now. I don't have them in front of me, but they've been posting about them. And I've been reposting some of their dates yeah. uh, kind of locally around mm-hmm. us. They're doing some cool stuff. I mean, it might, it might be over by the time you hear this episode. I don't know the dates exactly, but they are appearing at this uh, this Lincoln Park in the end memorial shows. So, so that means they'll be doing some uh, Lincoln Park coverage, which will be pretty cool at these big memorial shows for Lincoln Park. That would be pretty dope, yeah. yeah. In honor of Chester Bennington. In honor yeah, of Chester, that. usually, yeah. So that's pretty cool. I'd like to hear uh, Emerge do some Lincoln Park. Probably that'd be kind of cool. They usually, they usually do Seven Dust, but but anyway, they're they're together. They're doing tours. So like, fingers crossed. We'll mess. We message them. Hey guys, let's get let's, let's get another. I know it's harder to harder to make an album, but like maybe we'll get some new music from Emerge before too long. Maybe, as soon as they as soon as they announce something, we'll probably we'll play it on the podcast. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, and we want to thank Mladen. Markovic, right? Mm-hmm. AKA Devious Pixel. I have a hard time calling him Devious Pixel now that we've met him face, well, zoomed him face to face. It seems weird to call somebody by their screen moniker when you've met them face to face. Oh, yeah. But uh, thank him so much for everything he's doing, uh, everything he's done for this podcast. He's currently working on a. Hey, we're doing we're making art for our co-op endeavors stuff for our for our stream and some of our episodes and he uh Blake told him to go crazy with it and the first draft of that co-op endeavors art is it looks awesome it looks awesome <laughs> it really does so you'll, you'll, you'll we'll see that eventually as he works on it I think it's taking longer because he's really went nuts on it well he's also he's schooling oh, he's got, yeah, he's back, he's back to school stuff too up. so yeah anyway so we really always appreciate him and I'm glad to have him attached to our podcast. Like mentioning co-op endeavors, it's our it's our the, the biggest thing we have right now for us. If you want to get involved, and we really enjoy the folks that stop in and say hi, not the folks that that one guy who stopped in one time to ask what we were on PC or console, so that he so he can then invade us and murder us. That was uncool, but that just happens in Dark Souls. As I assume it's all he wanted. So we, we had a couple of folks drop in. We've had a some nice nice people drop in and cheer us on yeah. and watch us get murdered repeatedly mm-hmm. so we we appreciate anybody for that we are going to we're not going to announce it right now but we are going to do we'll call it a palette cleanser game after dark souls and, and before we go into something we'll, we'll do a smaller game in between dark souls and our next game that'll be a, a much fewer sessions but we call, we'll call it a palette cleanser to kind of like take a breath after a dark souls game before we get into something else so come join us you can follow us just you know the links are in the show notes here you know it's twitch.tv forward slash two smoking controllers i'll say it here anyway but come you know follow us on there and come hang out and see what we're doing each of the each of the things now me and blake bought a, a camera for us to share here so each time we play it's either uh, we rotate brian blake or me will host that we'll host the video of the episode of the stream and then we're on camera too so you can get a look at our disgusting mugs while you uh watch us get terrifying watch us get murdered in these video games and we don't have we haven't exactly figured out flattering angles (laughs) (laughs) so it's just kind of like you looking up at my double chin while i'm playing the game or looking down at my bald spot while i'm playing games Uh, we'll figure it out yeah maybe maybe if brian can get his uh lighting correct where he's not just a face floating in darkness only lit up by his monitor, I guess. But he, we'll, did, he did try a light, and look like he got raptured because yeah, he completely disappeared in the light. Yeah. Well, well, you know, we're not we're not professional streamers. We're just a couple of guys trying to have fun. All right. Well, that's all I have. I thank everybody for listening. Uh, keep coming and hanging out with us. Follow us on all the stuff. 
uh, write in stuff for the games. We'd love to share people's thoughts on games and movies and stuff that we've had on the podcast. Nobody ever writes in. I know the internet's a scary place. We're not going to talk bad about you if you write in. Probably, we'll be we'll be as nice as we can possibly be. Very much so. And that's uh, all I got again. So uh, I'll let Blake wrap things up here. And at the end of this, when Blake stops talking, you will hear Iron Hands from Mandroid Echo Star. I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night. Oh, yeah.